So the last few days we've talked about how to find your calling and your purpose and your why. But the issue then is, okay, I know what I'm supposed to do or I've got to find the details of it. But now, how do I fulfill that calling? That's what we're going to talk about today. How to find and actually, once you have a path to run on and a place that God has placed you in, how do you complete that path? How do you actually find the details of that calling and of that destiny and fulfill it? That's what we're talking about today. So get ready and uh, let's jump in. Um, you know, have you guys seen a lot over the last few days that has really kind of opened up your eyes to this is this is what people need to do, but have you yeah. noticed that most people don't have a clue or haven't done what we've actually been talking about? Mm-hmm. I've yeah. seen that constantly. Have you as well? Yes, yeah. If you haven't seen the last couple of days, definitely go back and watch those about what you know, finding your why and then finding that unique calling. And when you find those things, and if you don't have those things properly, it can derail quite quickly. Yeah. And But when you find those things, you have to follow down that path and continue on that path to fulfill your calling. There's things that can uh, derail you. There's things that can kill your destiny. We talked about some of those yeah. yesterday. Today, we're going to continue, and what we're going to do is identify your calling. So yesterday, one of the things that we talked about is that our gifts are developed. So just because you don't see them yet doesn't mean that you don't have them. Uh, Just because you don't see any operation doesn't mean that you're not going to receive another gift or God bring another gift to life. Gifts are developed, uh, so it's not just what you seemingly start with. Be diligent, and God's a rewarder. We talked about that. We talked about finding that gift originally in that A gift makes room for you, character keeps you there, and how you can often lose that if you're too comfortable in it and not being diligent and disciplined with that gift. Or if you worship the gift instead of the one that gave you the gift. So we talked Mm -hmm. about some of these things. Today, once you kind of have a direction, it's all going to, one of the things, when you're finding your calling and finding your destiny, we said this the first day, you have to go back to who created you and yeah. what did he create you for. So without actually moving back to our creator, then you're never going to find what you were created for. It's always going to be a falsehood. It's always mm-hmm. going to be a counterfeit of what you could have. So when you move back to the Lord who's got good plans for you, I love Jeremiah twenty-nine eleven. He's got no <laughs> plans for your calamity or tragedy. He wants to give you a future and a hope, which means a joy, a confidence, an expectation of Mm -hmm. these things. That's what God has in store for every person who will just hook up with him and say, hey, I want want what you want, and all of a sudden you will find things that will be so uh, pleasurable to your heart, to who you are, what you were called to be, how to complete that destiny. You'll find that in the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. One of the major places that you find that is being planted in the local church. Uh, If if you think about it, the majority of people are not going to be an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, or teacher. They're not going to be that. That's not going to be the the major calling of everybody. Now, you could have more in, in one ministry than another. So, for example, if you are in the ministry of a true apostle, 
then they're, they're part of their job and part of their gifting is to activate gifts. So there's probably going to be more five-fold ministry, apostle, prophet, yeah. evangelist, pastor, and teacher in that ministry yeah. than other ones. But in, in normal you know, ministry, most people are not going to be five-fold ministers, mm-hmm. right? What are they going to be? They're going to have a destiny, and they're going to have a calling planted in that local church to change a city, change an area. They're going to have a calling there mm-hmm. to fulfill a lot of times that will be in their volunteering in the church. It'll be in their job. It'll yeah. be God gives them a business or an idea, and they will have a great calling that they utilize their gifting in business or whatever else it is to serve others and advance the kingdom of God. And it will be the most satisfying. It will be the most fulfilling, but it starts in that place. Yeah. Lord, because think about this. What person, anybody, with a great calling and ministry is God has God not planted in the body of Christ none every put this in the comments every person is called to be planted in the body of Christ yeah. Yeah. every person and watch this you will not find your destiny and identify it and define it without being planted properly if right. you want to avoid your destiny If you want to avoid your destiny and avoid your calling, avoid the proper planning of God. I'll say it again. If you want to avoid your destiny, blow it up and never see it, then you avoid the planting of of yourself into the body of Christ. The word says in Psalms 92, those that are planted in the house of the Lord flourish in the courts of heaven. In other words, they have heaven's backing, right? If you want to avoid that destiny, then don't plant yourself. Yeah. If you want to fulfill your destiny, find the place that God has planted you and make sure that you start there in that local church. Of course, 1 Corinthians 12, 18, you can put this in the, in the comments. 1 Corinthians 12, 18, but now God has placed every member in the yeah. body yeah. just as he desired. Re- pull that up, please. 1 Corinthians 12, 18. And look at what he said. Look at how he defined it. 1 Corinthians 12, 18. All right, and it says, but now God, read Mm -hmm. it, go ahead. But now God has placed the members, each one of them, in the body just as he desired. So which member is left out of that? Which member of the body? Who who does not have a place in the local church and in the body of Christ? No one. Nobody. Everybody, so if you want to avoid your destiny, stay out of the church. If you want to fulfill your destiny, plant yourself where God has planted you. We've said it many times, the planting of the Lord is not based on your comfort level or what you like or the preacher makes you feel good or makes you laugh or they have good coffee and donuts. The planting and the placement of the Lord is, he's he's got a place. You say, Lord, where's that place? He tells you and shows you where that place is. And you go there whether you like it or not, whether your flesh, your flesh actually probably won't like the place that God chooses yeah. because the place that God chooses is going to tell your flesh no. It's, yeah. going to, it's going to discipline the flesh. So one of the starting points of defining that is in there. A lot of times your destiny is wrapped up in the local church. Put that in the comments. Yeah. Many times your full destiny is in, enveloped in that local church. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I remember uh, Rebecca is on here. I remember the day she came to me, she was telling me about some of the dreams she had of, of you know, fulfilling the destiny and things like that. I remember she came to us and said, uh, she said, oh my goodness, I see it. She said, everything I'm called to do, I can do in Boomerang. And I was like, <laughs> glory to God, you're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I knew that she could do that. I knew what our calling was. I knew the distance that the ministry would travel and the yeah. things it would do. I hadn't shared that with everybody yet, but the Lord, Holy Spirit, showed that to her, and yeah. her destiny was wrapped up in where she was planted. That's right? awesome. All right, so if you're once you're on that path of finding your destiny, finding your calling, you have an idea of what your gifts are, you have an idea mm-hmm. of what you like, a couple of things that we talked about yesterday, then I'm going to give you right now three steps to identify your calling, okay? Three steps to identify your calling. We've already been talking about one. The first step is being planted. The second step is being undercover or being under a covering. We'll talk about that. And the third step is abiding in Christ. So when you're identifying your calling, here's three major areas that will help you identify your calling being planted in the local church, two, being under a covering, three, abiding in Christ. And so I want to look at these examples of this, but we're in being planted, I want to look at Elisha and David and Joshua, right? Yeah. Elisha, David, and Joshua. So now watch this with Elisha, and let's just look at this. Did Elisha know that he was going to be the double portion guy when he started out with Elijah. I don't think so. I don't think he knew that. So he knew he had a destiny and a calling when Elijah came and threw his cloak on him, right? He knew he had a destiny and calling, so much so that he stopped what he was doing, he destroyed that, and he went with Elijah. So, But did he know the fullness of it? Did he know the details of it? No, he knew a direction. And in this moment, before the local church was around, you had the prophet of God, the man of God. He said, my placement is not even with my physical father. My placement is with the spiritual father, and I'm supposed to go be with him, right? He recognized (laughs) his destiny was planted with Elijah. Yeah, He recognized that. Did he know all the details of it? No, but in order to fulfill his calling, he had to step into the place where he was diligent in that placement. And so you see that he goes on with Elijah. He learns from Elijah. He sees how Elijah does things. He sees the boldness. He sees the confidence. He sees the miracles. He sees the anointing, right? And then we come up to this place where Elijah's getting ready to leave. And in that moment, you can tell the Holy Spirit is dealing with his heart. Mm -hmm. And all these other prophets, I'll I'll point out, who we don't know the name of, right? The sons of the prophets. Now watch this. They're gifted. Mm -hmm. They have gifts. They are gifted. They can tell Elijah's leaving today. Yep. They can tell that. They're gifted. They may be more anointed and gifted, maybe more gifted than Elisha is. Yep. Yeah. But here's what they were missing, character. Yep. They yeah. were missing character, and they were missing the planting. 
See, Elijah mm-hmm. is planted. Elijah yeah. is planted because while the prophets are going, hey, you're going to lose your covering today. You're going to lose the head. He's the one carrying the anointing, not you. Mm-hmm. Not you. Mm-hmm. And instead of listening to that, Elisha says, I don't care if I'm anointed or not. I'm not leaving his side. They were like, why are you even following him anymore? Yeah. And then Elijah turns to him and says, hey, I'm, I'm leaving today. Uh, you don't need to follow me. He says, no, I will not leave you. Yeah. What is that? Yeah. That's being planted. In other words, he was committed to the planting, until, the planting of the Lord until Elijah left. Yeah. yeah. Three times we see that Elijah turns to him and says, you don't have to follow me. He says, I will not leave you. Yeah. And then yeah. uh, you see multiple, is it two or three, at least two times, maybe three times where the sons of the prophets also recognize and wow. say, don't you know that your master's leaving today? So he has an opportunity of five or six times to just say, yeah, I'm going to let him go. We would have never known his name. Right. Yeah. Now think about, he's watch this now. He has been planted with Elijah for years, and he could have lost it all on the last day. Mm-hmm. Right. Do you see that? Would he have fulfilled his destiny had he left Elijah on the last day? No. No, he wouldn't have. So his being planted was a huge part of him finding the, detailed, uh, the details of his destiny. And picking up the final gift and that double portion anointing was all Mm -hmm. in that. It all spurred from his being planted. Yeah, yeah. Well, what what's so cool is because that bring that brings up something that I've been meditating on uh, since yesterday, and that is just the importance of staying diligent and the importance of not getting weary in well doing. Yeah, he had been with Elijah for so long, so long. It's the last day. All this stuff, he could just get weary, and this isn't looking as spectacular today as what I was hoping. I just, I'm tired, whatever, right. Right. all this stuff. And I've faced thoughts like that. Well, I've just been doing this, this, you know, today just doesn't feel as spectacular as other days. So just give me, give me time to rest. Yeah. Let me just yeah. relax a bit. Let me step back for a bit because it's just not looking as spectacular. Yeah. Or even getting started in what we know is our destiny and having those, you know, butterflies in our stomach or whatever of, Oh, this just feels so good. Yeah. But then that feeling wears off. And it's our character that will keep us there. Yeah. It's that diligence that will keep us there on the days where we don't have butterflies in our stomach. We're yeah. still doing the same thing that God told us to do, but we don't have just the feeling of, wow, yeah. I feel so fulfilled. And there there are days like that. And that's where that diligence that we see in yeah. Him, that yeah. not getting weary and well-doing that's what will keep us in our destiny. Yes. Because yeah. if we just always are chasing after that feeling, no matter what we're doing yeah. on this planet, that, that feeling will go away. That feeling is not our source. No. But people have come to rely on that as yeah. if I don't feel this, it must not be so. Yeah. That's not true. It's the Word of God that's our source. So. Yeah. Well, what was coming up to me, it, it's another example of it. We were talking about it last night, the impact. You've ministered on this several times as Joshua you know, yeah. and the verse, I mentioned it last night. I'll bring it up today. Yeah. In Exodus thirty three eleven. Well, we're going to talk about him in a minute. 
Okay. I, I didn't realize you said Joshua. Yeah, it, yeah. It's just what was coming up to yeah. me is it's when you honor the anointing, the anointing honors you. Yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. that's how increase yeah. comes. That's how growth comes. What yeah. you honor, you partake of. That's right. So as that's you're right. honoring where you're planted, where you're yielded, that honor comes back to you. That's how yeah, the Lord yeah. works. Save that yeah. scripture because yes, I want to talk about that. But looking, finishing up with Elisha is, and I've watched this throughout the years, people have come up to the place where finally they have mm-hmm. to put their flesh down and the reality hits them. And at the last moment when they actually are standing at their breakthrough, and that's when they quit. Mm-hmm. I, I've seen it time after time after time. One of the most frustrating things I've ever seen and watched in my life as a pastor is we've led to this moment. Yeah. moment. Here's the moment to put your flesh down and be done with it forever and to step into what God has for you, and people quit because their flesh is too loud. And mm-hmm. they give up their planting in that moment and lose their destiny. They lose a part of their destiny right at that moment. Yeah. We don't want to be that. You know, yeah. we don't want to be that. We want to make sure. But can you see Can you see from this how yeah. the planting ha- affects fulfilling your destiny? Mm-hmm. He was on the path. He's on the track. But if he, if he misses that, he loses that destiny. Yeah. And yeah. it's all in the planting. Uh, yeah. The next, next one, this is a huge one, is King David, right? Mm-hmm. All right, so look at the planting of King David. First of all, he's planted under his father. His father has him out in the field shepherding. And while he's out there, he learns how to fight. While he's out there, he learns how to worship. He learns the presence of God, right? Yeah. He learns all of those by being planted with his father. Now, this is while he's a boy. Boy, Praise God he's there. But then he plants himself. Think about this. He, he's anointed king. Now, how many people would flip out at that moment? Well, he's anointed. And they would try to go take the... He's anointed by God, by the prophet in the land, to be king. How many people would go try to take that throne right then? But that's not what David did. This is a part of what makes David great, is Mm -hmm. he recognized he was still planted in a kingdom, and there was still a king that had been anointed by God. And for him to go and try and take that wrongly would have sown the seeds in his kingdom to completely destroy that because he took it the wrong way. When you you are anointed and gifting, you never want to take and step into that role by planting the wrong seeds. Mm -hmm. You never, uh, think about this, you never step into your destiny by planting the wrong ungodly seeds. And that's what David could have done. Even though he was anointed by God, he could have done that. Many times I watch, especially young ministers, they will get, and I had this temptation too. I had this temptation big time, and I've seen most every minister does. They feel a gifting and a calling of God, and they've been told by somebody, just go take it. Just go take it. And what they don't realize is that God has a way to put them in that place, to place them in that. And they're not yielding to the Lord to tell them. If God wanted them to go take it, in their private time, the Lord's going to be saying that. Now watch. And it's not going to be coming from a worldly, corrupted, logical heart. Yeah, It's going to be coming from a place of humility in God and there should be other uh, leaders that you're planted with that agree with that and can confirm that. 
for yeah. you to take take that role. Yeah. But honestly, many leaders out here also are thinking so worldly and logically, and they have no humility about them. They're really promoting a worldly way to take things. I love that David yeah. doesn't do this. Where does he stay? He stays planted with his father, even though he's anointed. Yeah. And the whole reason he gets the attention really, of the king. Now, he's called forward to worship, mm-hmm. right? His gift makes room for him in front of King Saul. He's there. Uh, he could have probably capitalized on that. Do you, notice, do you notice that even though he could have capitalized on being anointed to be king, yeah. he could have capitalized on being a worship leader in the palace in, in that way, even though he could have capitalized on both of those, he stayed planted because God hadn't moved him yet right. with his dad. Right. Now, when the time came for him to leave his earthly father and move into that position, he made the move. Yeah. But watch, he followed He followed each one of those leadings of God at the right moment, mm-hmm. and, and he did not unplant himself just like Elisha until yeah. the Lord said, okay, now it's done, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But now watch this. The planting of the Lord had him, with his dad, had him deliver the bread and the cheese to his brothers where he heard about Goliath. Yep. Right? So the planting put him at his destiny. Yep. Mm -hmm. His planting put him at his destiny. See how strong that is. Would he have been there and proper had he he done it another way? Mm -hmm. I don't believe so. So you've got two people fulfilling their destiny because they planted themselves. I I want to go one step further with that as well, is that David then, even after he he comes into the kingdom and Saul has him in good standing and then he starts trying to kill him, David still is planted in honor and humility. Right. He doesn't, he could have killed Saul twice and he doesn't do it. He does not take the throne Mm -hmm. wrongly. He doesn't step Mm -hmm. into, now watch this. There's a huge statement. This is what makes David so good. Yeah. He's anointed to be on the throne, but he doesn't take it. Yep. Yeah. That's what made him great. That humility is what made him great. And so you see this. He he kept in the planting. He still honored King Saul as long as King Saul was alive. He honored him. That's why he had what he had. Yeah, and he didn't get impatient with it, too. No. You know, the part that blesses me so much is after years and years of, like, seeing a glimpse, knowing I'm called to be king when yeah. they, from the time, like, at this point, it's been so many years, and now he's out in the wilderness, yeah. and Saul's chasing him for so long. He's had this vision of what he's called to do for so long, and so much. We've gotten impatient after a week if yeah. something yeah. hasn't happened. He's had this for so And Saul's so, trying to kill him. <laughs> he's trying to, yeah, he's trying to kill him, and through his head, he might be thinking, will I ever even get to do this? Will yeah. I ever even get to fulfill what God's actually called me to do. That's a great point. And my, I love the part where Saul's in the cave and David comes right up and he cuts the edge off of his robe, but he doesn't kill him. And in that moment, he had the opportunity, like you were saying, to take what yeah. could have been his, what eventually was called his, because yeah. he got impatient after years, which is totally understandable, but he didn't. And right. that's what blesses me so much is, 
after so many years of knowing God's called me to this, like it's not wrong for me to be king. Yeah. Uh, he's trying to kill me, trying to stop yeah. me from being king, but God hadn't told him to do that yeah. yet. Yeah. So what what I love is he didn't get unsatisfied with where God had him at that moment. That's big. And so much we've gotten unsatisfied. Well, Lord, you've called me to do this. Why am I still here? Why am I still doing this? And like those thoughts are so stupid. They'll, they'll try to come like whenever they can, but David didn't allow that. Yeah. And that's what I love so much. He didn't get unsatisfied where God had called him to in that moment. Yeah. And that's what made him so great. Well, in, in 1 Timothy 6 and verse 6 and verse 8, it says that godliness is actually a means of great gain when yeah. accompanied by contentment. Yeah. And we're not content to not increase. Like we should always be believing God for increase, yeah. but we should be content with what we have right in that moment. Yeah. We have a heart of contentment. Uh, not to stay there and not to plateau, that's ungodly as well. But yeah. we need to see that, like what you said, we can't get unsatisfied or discontent with where God has us. Yeah. He's got us there for a reason. Now, if he's told you to move on and you're not doing it, of course, that's a problem. But many people, the move on message is coming from their own bias, not right. from God. And that's, right. that's the issue. God's actually saying, be diligent and work hard and, and be diligent where you are right now. Be yeah. planted and be a part of something bigger than yourself. Well, the whole reason it was David that was yeah. chosen to be king is because God, after Saul disobeyed him, God said, I need a man who's after my own heart. Yeah. There yeah. was a foundation that was laid inside of David of being God's man. So it's what you yeah. were saying yesterday. You can't know your destiny, and you will never be able to fulfill your destiny if yeah. we're doing it outside of God, yeah. Saul tried and it failed. Yeah. David became the great king because anytime there was a miss, even in like a slip of impatience and cutting yeah. of the robe, he was quick to repent. He was quick to go to God and say, Lord, I missed it and I'm so sorry yeah. because that foundation was laid in him under his father while he was tending the sheep and worshiping yeah. and learning who God was. That's yeah. what allowed him to be the great king. Amen. Tell us about Joshua. So Joshua, you brought this up years ago. It's yeah. stuck with me ever since. Joshua, point. Joshua mm -hmm. in the book of Exodus, it's talking about, you know, going to the tent of meetings where, yeah. where Moses would speak to God, you know, face to face, to face like a friend. Um, in verse 9, it says, Moses entered the tent, the pillar of the cloud would descend and stand at the entrance of the tent, and the Lord would speak to Moses. When all the people saw the pillar of the cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, all the people would arise and worship, each at the entrance of his tent. Thus, verse 11, thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face, yeah. just as a man speaks to his friend. So Moses is the leader over this camp. He's the leader of Israel. So God's speaking to Moses. He's not yeah. speaking to the other men. He's speaking to Moses. Yeah. But Joshua was assigned to Moses. He yeah. was assigned to serve him. And what it says about Joshua is when Moses returned to the camp, his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man. Notice that with, with Elisha, he was a young man following yeah. Elijah. With David, he was a young man following after his father and then Saul. Yeah. And here's Joshua, a young man 
foundation years, not just young in age, young spiritually, he would not depart from the tent where the yes. anointing had descended, where yeah. God was, where God was speaking to. Joshua would refuse to leave that tent because that's where God was. He was honoring that yeah. anointing. And he, uh, it wasn't just a one-time thing. That's what his habit was. He yeah. honored the anointing and got an impartation. It led him to be able to be one of the two that could see the spies in yes. the land and say, we can overtake them because yeah. he got something in him. Yeah. It led Moses to choosing him as being the leader that seceded him. Yes. You're yeah. my man because he honored the anointing. Yeah. He was planted with the anointing. He was planted in abiding. He mm -hmm. was planted in fellowship with the Holy Ghost, with God, right? He was planted with Moses, right? Uh, so Joshua basically was 80 years old. He was 40 when he went to spy out the land, and he was one of the two witnesses uh, that came back with a mm -hmm. positive report. Mm -hmm. He was 80 when he took over uh, from Moses. You understand? And, and each one of these guys noticed that they were on the right path and they were on the right track, but being planted caused them to find the details of mm -hmm. their calling. Mm -hmm. It yeah. established who they were in that gifting, in that calling, in that destiny was found in their planting, right? He didn't rebel against Moses. He didn't try to take it from Moses. Yeah. He didn't go out and, and create his own Israelite camp, right? Yeah. He stayed with Moses. And then when, and then, and honestly, Caleb looks like the guy that should get it. He's the one in the forefront most of the time. But here's what you see is that Joshua hung out with the anointing. Yep. Yeah. Joshua was there at the tent of meeting. Yep. He would stay in that anointing and he would stay in that presence. I think that's the difference maker between him and Caleb. Both of them were great men. But I think the difference maker, in my opinion, was that mm -hmm. Joshua stayed in that anointing. And where Moses hung out, Joshua made sure to hang out there yeah. as well. Yeah. And these things make a big difference. In other words, look at, look, I want you to see this. Joshua recognized that Moses planted himself in the anointing and yeah. in the face of God. And in that planting, Joshua saw that and he's and he basically said, Well, if Moses is going to honor that, yeah. I'm going to honor that too. And I believe that's the thing that made the difference. Uh, is in that planting, yeah. he found out how to lead. Yeah. He found yeah. out how to lead. Uh, that nation, a whole nation, he found his destiny and his calling. And then, mm -hmm. you know, when Moses passes, the Lord comes straight to Joshua. And he says, hey, my servant Moses is dead and basically goes, here it is. Here's how I want you to do this. Yeah. He was the man in that destiny, in that calling. Everybody knew it because he had planted himself so well with God and with Moses. Yeah. Same thing with David. Same thing with Elijah. They're planting defined the fulfillment of that calling. Put that yeah. in the comments. Our planting in the body that helps to define the fulfillment of our calling and yeah. the fulfillment of our destiny. Anything else on those? It's just what it was making me think of is in my years of being planted with you and submitted to you, there have been so many times where you've done things and like my flesh has longed to also do them. Right. Like the spiritual things and just other, either way. The example that was coming up to me is the example where it's Moses and Aaron and her, and Moses is the one holding up the staff, and Aaron and her are coming alongside. Where's Joshua? He's leading the battle. Yeah. Like he's down. Yeah. 
in the war zone. Yeah. He's down fighting. It could have been very easy for his flesh to be like, I want to go do what Moses is doing. That's yes. a whole lot yeah. easier. It seems a lot yeah. easier to be sitting on a rock and holding yes. my arms up. My life's on the line. What's Moses doing? But yeah. you don't yeah. see Joshua complaining about his assignment. He did what he was taught yes. to do. He mm-hmm. went and fulfilled the task, whatever the task was, yes. not knowing that God was preparing him to be a great leader and conqueror, the yeah. conqueror who could lead them into that promised yeah. land. And so even though I'm sure to the flesh at some point it's, I'm the one that won't leave the tent of meeting. Moses even left. I'm not leaving. Like the flesh thinks that way. I've thought that way. Like I've had that thought come up of I'm the last one in a service right now. I'm the one really honoring. No, because he allowed the leader to call the shots and he was obedient, it paved a foundation in him so he could then be a leader. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And that thought of, well, I'm this, that's, it's a pride and a dishonor to the character and nature of God. That's a way to get it taken away from you by thinking yeah. like that. No, yeah. Just honor for honor's sake. And let the Lord, it's kind of like this, you know, in Hebrews eleven six, 6, uh, those that come to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Mm-hmm. All right, here's the thing. I'm the one who diligently seeks. He's the one who rewards. Mm -hmm. I don't have to set my heart on the reward. That's his business, right? right? He's the one who promotes. He's the one who rewards. What my job and my responsibility is to be diligent, right? To be honoring and humble, planted, and be diligent. And he's the one who will, you know, God will move heaven and earth to get you to that right place. Right. He will yeah. do those things and move that. You don't yeah. have to you don't have to build the house yourself. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So Yeah, well that you you said exactly what I was thinking. You know, we don't have to worry the, the when we get to that place of just dissatisfied with where we're at, where the Lord has us, I think it stems from a place of unthankfulness. Yeah. And secondly, not trusting God, not trusting that he is a rewarder yes. of those who yeah. diligently seek him, yeah. not trusting that he knows the desires of our hearts. And as we seek after him, he'll give us those desires. Yeah. Um, yeah. But also not being thankful for where we're at. You know, yeah. there's been times where I've been wrongly, and I'm embarrassed to say it, but I've been in a place or a situation or anything that's been wonderful. People would love, so many people would love to be where I was at in that moment. And I was like upset. <laughs> I was upset about something <laughs> small like, well, I could have been there. Or why am I not, why am I not here more often? Or I, I don't know, just ridiculous stuff. Yeah. And I know that I completely ruined those situations for myself, even though the Lord put me there because I wasn't thankful. Yeah. And we yeah. see all these situations how could they have changed if these heroes in the faith were not yeah. thankful? And, you know, David, knowing that he was going to be king, going back to that, and then being put right back into that, yeah. into being the shepherd, with the, out with the sheep, not just yeah. for, like, one more day, for a while, yeah. being put yeah. right back there. And imagine if he had done what so many of us have done so often and just started to be, being unthankful and unsatisfied with, this isn't what I'm called to do. What am I still doing yeah, out here? My yeah. dad doesn't appreciate me. That's what I thought when I read the story. I'm like, his dad doesn't appreciate him. Why is he sticking him out with the yeah. sheep? I'm I the last that. one he called in. Like, <laughs> what am I out here 
yeah. handling his sheep for. You know, yeah. that's where your brain goes. Your job yeah. is to be humble and yeah. submit and planted, not to, you know, defend yourself, not to promote yourself, exactly. not to pity yourself. Well, and even in that situation, it looks like Jesse did forget about him because yeah, here they does. come looking for all yeah. the sons, and yeah. they're like, it's none of these. Are you sure you don't have another one? And Jesse's like, oh, yeah, that's right. I did have another kitty. That's fine. My bad. But in, but in that example, the Lord protects his people. Yeah. So because yeah. David stayed in position to honor his dad, even though his dad missed it, yeah. God still spoke so that David was in the right place at the right time. Yeah. Yeah. Even though Jesse right. didn't call him in. God has Correct. a way of working it out as we honor. You know, you look at David, he had basically his dad. I, I mean, not, I, I understand how it can happen and everything, but it looks like his dad's against him, doesn't even remember him. It yeah. looks like his brothers are against him. Like, who are you? Go home. You know, looks yeah. like Saul's against him. You know, it looks like so Goliath's def, definitely <laughs> against him. You know, all these people are against yeah. him. He just keeps winning. Yeah. You know, yeah. he just keeps winning. Why? Because he had that heart after God, and was planted. Yeah. And that's how he met his destiny. That's how he fulfilled his calling, by having mm. this heart after God, seeking first the kingdom of God yeah. and his righteousness. Now, yeah. the next thing we want to look at is in finding and identifying that calling and getting the details of that, I want, you, I want us to look at being under a covering or being mm. under a cover. So this is different from being planted. They definitely go hand in hand, but I want you to see that the identifying of that calling is not just found in the planting, but it's being submitted to a covering, protected by a covering, and receiving the impartation of a covering. Yeah. So in, in the planting is a part of your destiny where you're fulfilling that destiny in small pieces early on. In under a covering, you're receiving the ingredients for the larger destiny later on. There's an impartation. And we mm -hmm. see that. We're going to look at real quick Jesus, the centurion, the apostle Paul, and Moses, right? Yeah. So in each one of these, think about this with Jesus. He was under a covering. Remember what he said. I, I don't do anything or say anything except what I see the Father do and, and say what I hear the Father say. Mm -hmm. yeah. He was under a covering. He was under that covering. He was obedient to his Father. He yeah. had humbled himself to his Father, and his Father would talk to him, give him things. Remember when he, when he sat down in the sand and started drawing? What's mm -hmm. he doing? He's getting that, that wisdom that he needs yeah. to fulfill his destiny and his calling. Right there in that moment where they brought the adulterous woman in there, right there in that moment, his destiny and calling could have been blown apart. Mm -hmm. If he got that wrong, it could have been blown apart. But because he was under a covering, he knew that this was not on him. There was an anointing above him. Father, what should mm -hmm. I do? He gets the wisdom of God he speaks to him, you know, he who is without sin, cast first stone. In an in a act of the beauty of God's majestic wisdom, he shuts them all up and yeah. wins the moment. You know, it's like a beautiful chess move. It just wins all of it. And, and here he is. Uh, why? Because of a covering. You know, yeah. you look at the centurion. The centurion gets healed. Why? Because he understood a covering. And, and Jesus goes on to say, he says, and the centurion says, I, he said, I'm under authority. 
He said, I have authority because I'm under authority, right? right? He said, you just say the word. And Jesus went, oh, my goodness. He said, I've not seen faith like this. This, he, this guy gets it. That's what Jesus basically said. This guy gets it. Pay attention. You know, and pay yeah. attention. This guy gets it. He's not even a Jew. This guy gets it. Yeah. He's like, you, what he recognized was, Jesus, you're under a covering. There's a flow of the anointing. Of course, Psalms 133, you see that the oil comes on the head, then the beard or the eldership, then to all the fringes of the robe. That yeah. means everybody that is connected to the elders that are connected to the head can touch the anointing and have the flow. Where? Yeah. From a covering. Mm -hmm. From a covering. There's an impartation. There's a flow of that, mm -hmm. right? And so then one of the things that you see is he, he releases that, that centurion's under a covering. And he places himself under the covering of Jesus in that moment. It says, yeah. you just say the word. Yeah. You say the word. We'll do whatever, whatever you want us to do. And thinking about this, um, you know, just because you go to church somewhere doesn't mean you, you have a pastor. Number one, uh, yeah. are they actually called to be a pastor? But number two, even if they're called to be a pastor, are you submitted to them as a pastor or just somebody that makes your brain feel good when they preach a message? Yeah. Like there's, you're not under a covering without submitting to it. Look at Naaman when he gets healed from the leprosy. He placed himself under a covering after his servant uh, talked to him about it. He said, go wash in the Jordan. He's like, we got all these rivers back there. I could have done that at home. Why would I wash myself in this dirty river? And then his servant goes, if he'd asked you for something hard to do, you would have done it. Why not do this easy thing? He listens to that, places himself under a covering. The anointing flows, the impartation flows, and he fulfills his destiny by being healed and right. showing the power of God, taking that testimony back home was a part of his destiny. Yeah. And he does that because he submitted himself to something he even thought was dumb, right? Yeah. Look at the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul, uh, we see him as such a powerful figure in the New Testament. But a buddy brought this up a few weeks ago, and he's right about this. First of all, the Apostle Paul went and he studied for years, but then he took it back, I think it was to James, who was the pastor of the church in Jerusalem, to make sure that his doctrine was right. Yep. He submitted yeah. himself to a covering, yeah. right? This is what made him that way. That's how he was like, let me, let's make sure that this is proper doctrine. Let's yeah. make sure that this is right. And he submitted himself to that, right? That he was, he was under a covering. That's what released and imparted to him that destiny. And then look mm -hmm. at Moses, because who was, who was Moses covering? I mean, he had God in the burning bush and he had words from the Lord, but who on the earth was he, was he covered by? Jethro. Correct. For 40 years, he was submitted to Jethro, and you see that he continued to be, who was, the, I believe, the priest at Midian. He was the yeah. priest at Midian, and in Exodus 18, he submits to the wisdom of Jethro. Yeah. This, and think about this. Would Moses have fulfilled? Man, I feel the anointing on this so strong wow. right now. Would Moses had fulfilled his destiny had he not listened to Jethro in Exodus 18 about how to set up your leadership, mm -hmm. you're burning yourself out, you're burning the people up, yep. and, and you're not going to fulfill your calling and destiny. You're going to wear out. Yeah. And yeah. But he listened. He was under a covering, received the impartation of the anointing and wisdom yeah. by being under that covering. 
So you can see that you plant yourself in a direction, but you you find that covering and receive from that covering yeah. as well. It, they go together, but they are definitely two different things that you're doing in that moment. So yeah. go ahead. Well, we mentioned this last night when we were looking actually at Moses Mm-hmm. talking about a church as a whole, you know, pastor was talking about how our destiny is found within a church. Yeah. Being planted under a covering ensures that the vision of the house goes forward. Yes. Because you can be in a church and not receive the heart of the vision where yeah. you're planted. And yeah. you see that with Moses and then the golden calf. He goes to be with God and Aaron and all the people go and make a golden calf. You know, here's Moses with the Ten Commandments. Yeah. Don't have any other idols before me. Got it, Moses. We're planted. We heard you. That's the Ten Commandments. And then Moses goes off and they're like, you know what? kind of bored, going to forge a golden calf. And then the entire culture in that moment had to get shifted because they weren't actually planted under the covering. They were planted in a body of a people. They were assembled, but they didn't have the heart. Culture mm-hmm. is what ensures that the vision's going to go forward. And like you've talked so often, you know, if Jesus were to tarry and Boomerang were to exist for a hundred more yeah. years, yeah. Yeah. Boomerang, like those of you watching, whether you're planted here at Boomerang or you're a partner of What's Right, you are part of the vision that yeah. God has Correct. given to yeah. us. In order to fulfill your part of the vision, it's not enough to just check the box and watch or just come in Sunday yeah. morning and leave. Yeah. You've got to be planted under that covering because when you are, you become a partaker of yeah. that anointing and you ensure that the culture stays what it was. Yes. Like that's what yeah. that's what Jethro was doing. He was establishing a culture within Moses. And because of that covering, he could then pass culture on. But if you're not a partaker, you can't become an imparter either. Well, the covering releases an anointing to cultivate your destiny. The covering releases, put that in the comments, the covering releases, your covering releases an anointing to cultivate your destiny. Um, and many people just don't stay there long enough for it to be cultivated. And yeah. uh, But it will release an impartation of wisdom and an impartation of those gifts. It'll activate gifts. And many times there's gifts that need to be activated in somebody so that they can make it. They can't do it by themselves. Yeah. I saw yeah. a great thing this morning. It looked like just a mom that was getting it. She she was It was a, a reel, and it basically said, I need to share it. I think I said, watch this right now. I think I mm-hmm. sent it to the family. Mm-hmm. It was basically a mom that was getting it. She got it. And, yeah. and it basically said, how many times does God say in his word, what's in your hand? And, and yeah. she said, the point is not that you get to the point where you have enough to ma- handle it. The point is you never have enough when you're doing great things with God He's the more than enough. So where you don't have enough, he brings in his more than enough and makes it happen. It was a great video. I was like, glory to God. That's awesome. And mm-hmm. so, but think about this. Not one person can go out and fulfill their destiny yeah. alone. And Put that in the comments. I can't fulfill my destiny by myself. I can't yeah. fulfill my destiny alone. Why? Because God said it in Ephesians 4, you got to have the gifts operating in your life to, be, to become the fullness of the stature of Christ. That means nobody's going to get to their destiny by themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's where a covering comes in. Yeah. So. 
Well, I've also watched, as we've been talking about, you know, getting tired with just wanting your destiny to just happen right now, uh, like the big thing that you have yeah. in mind. And I've watched that so many times happen with people and their plantings in church. And they've gotten offended with, well, the pastor's just not using me to my full potential. Right. I have a greater calling, and they're not using me for that. And that that deception be there so often. And the fact yeah. of the matter is, you know, what's in your hand? Oftentimes, I've watched as pa- the pastor has asked that person, hey, can you serve? In what capacity can you help? Can you volunteer? Can you yeah. serve? Or even if he didn't ask them, you know, directly, told the whole church, hey, we have opportunities to serve here in children's ministry and our flesh hasn't wanted to or in media or wherever. And and that's too small. I'm called to greater things and cutting off that supply that God had right there, trying to put something in our hands, trying to give us that thing that we have in our hands to perform the miracles like you were just talking about. We've already been given. God's trying to do, but we've disregarded it so many times because I'm not called to that. I'm called to something bigger. I'm called to something greater. When in all actuality, God's trying to use that thing to bring you to your greater, to bring you to your destiny, and you need to take what God's giving you. Yeah. And part of being, you know, planted under a covering is doing it the covering's way. Yeah. So, you know, it... For me, it's always, not always, but it's been easier to submit to you and Pastor Nicole as a head than it has been in my flesh to submit to someone else under delegated authority in that way. Yeah. Yeah. However, if the structure of the body of Christ and the covering that you're planted under submits you under another leader, then that's a flow of the anointing too. There's something to be received from. So like life group leaders... You may not have direct access 24-7 to Pastor Brian and reach out to him all of the time, but you have access to your life group leader, and you can receive the heart of the culture of the covering through the chain. You know, it goes from the head to the beard down to the fringe of the garment, and you can receive, and giftings can unlock, and... It, it just, I was saying, as Abby was talking, I was thinking about how, like, Hannah and Marky in the room, they've been in prayer, you know, 6 a.m. prayer and corporate prayer, prayer times with me now for yeah. years. You, not me, you told me to oversee prayer. Yeah. So it's something I've done. I've now listened, and I'll hear what sounds like me come out of their mouth. It's not me. It's the Lord. Yeah. But they learn yeah. because of you hearing from yeah. God, installing me. They've learned how to start praying in a way that moves mountains yeah. because God has taught them because there was a chain. Yeah. And yeah. just like with Moses, you can't touch everybody, but yeah. you can assign leaders to help touch everybody. And it starts to unlock stuff. So it's not just, and hear what I'm saying, it's not just like the big kahuna, like the one who God has installed a vision. There's a chain of the anointing in a ministry, and leaders are there on purpose because the man and woman of God heard Mm -hmm. and installed them, and there's things to receive from too if we'll yield to it. I'll give you a major clue and a key here that I think a lot of people have missed. Uh, But but before I do that, I want to say, um, you know, Kevin put up a comment. I didn't know this before. Mm-hmm. He said Daniel Kalinda, who now is overseeing uh, you know, Reinhardt Bonnke's ministry, mm-hmm. was cleaning toilets when Reinhardt said this will be the next person. Yeah. I didn't know that. Wow. 
Yeah. You know, that, and I've done that kind of stuff. So that, that was neat for me to understand that. that that's the kind of heart. You know, mm-hmm. it's like David was serving bread. You know, he was serving lunch and dinner to his brothers. He yeah. was serving his brothers from a yeah. lower position when he became recognized as the man who killed mm-hmm. Goliath. Mm-hmm. You, you see, that's yeah. where the destiny is, is in that planting and that covering. Uh, and watch this. Think about, think about this. How many people, well, he's just not utilizing me uh, enough. Like, okay, let's just, you know, come up with a scenario and boomerang, you know. Well, Pastor Brian's just not utilizing me enough uh, properly. How many times have um, have you heard me say, hey, if you you need to be in a life group? So many. So many times. Yeah. You need to be in a life group. It is a mm-hmm. part of of how God has us doing kingdom business. Right. You need to be in a life group. Right. Now, why would I say that? Number mm-hmm. one, I would say that because you need that family. That's yeah. that's a very big key. You yeah. need to be have those connections. But, but the other part of that is, in that life group, there's going to be opportunities for you to minister. There's going to be opportunities right. for the anointing to flow through you, for you to pray for what you're looking for to start to come to pass and the gifts to be developed and all of that is in there, and all of that is part of my plan for every person that goes to life group. But if you won't go to life group, you're not submitting. You're not really under a covering, and you're not going to be able to find you know find that find that you know that yeah. destiny in that and that calling in that. So I'm just saying you need to be a part of life group. It doesn't sound spectacular, but there's major plans in it for every person that's here as a part of Boomerang. And I've watched people, I've said that, said that, said that. They never went to a life group. And you know what? They end up they end up walking away from their destiny in this yeah. in this yeah. way. A- Amen. Holly says, I enjoy watching other people in life group minister to each other while they're there. It, exactly. Yeah. That's the thing. There's something that comes alive inside of them. And it's meant to do that, you know. Mm-hmm. That's where it's ful- fulfilling. You would have in the in Acts, you would have the big meetings where you know Paul would be preaching to everybody. Then you'd have people meeting at their basically their life group in their homes, and that's where you know demons would get cast out. That's where they get filled with the Holy Ghost. That's where yeah. so many things would happen because it wasn't just activating the speaker. Every believer was activated in those places. That's something yeah. God's given us. What now? Here's the thing: if you're not submitted to a covering, you might not do that. And you could lose what your calling and destiny is. In that way, I've watched people do that. It's like, are you a part of life? Oh, no, I just don't want to go to life group. Well, okay. <laughs> All right. You know, so yeah. this covering will help us define. Can you see how the mm-hmm. planting helps us define and fulfill our, our destiny? Mm-hmm. The yeah. covering helps us define and fulfill it. And the third thing is abiding in Christ. Abiding in Christ, the Lord can speak to you and talk to you. Uh, I can remember a a couple of moments, you know, basically it's two times in prayer where the Lord has given me the biggest giftings that I've had and released that and and basically separated me into those giftings have come just while I was serving him and ministering to him. One was at a prayer meeting. Both of them were at prayer meetings. Both of them were when we were serving the body in prayer. The Lord yeah. told us to do something. We prayed it out, and we were serving the body in prayer. And the yeah. Lord spoke to me in the middle of it and said, "Here, here's what I'm giving you." Yeah. Right. And uh, I wasn't going there planning on receiving a gifting or an anointing or a calling or a destiny. I was going there to serve. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, the Lord goes, flips it on me, 
And it came from abiding in him. I can't tell you how many times I've been abiding in him in a service, under worship. The joy is flowing. The spirit's moving. And the Lord all of a sudden talked to me. You know, talked to me. Like right now, there's something the Lord's been bringing back up to me. He spoke a word to me in a service several years ago. And I realized just in the last month part of what that word is. This word was a part of my ultimate calling and destiny. I knew it but I didn't know the depth of it. And yeah. I'm watching it come to pass now, and it's a direction for me. It's a part of destiny. It's a part of calling. And all of a sudden, you start to see that. Well, he spoke that in a word to me while I was abiding in him in a service. Mm-hmm. Uh, this particular one was in Tampa with Dr. Rodney's. I'm sitting there. He speaks to me, and he tells me, you're going to do this. You're going to take this around the world. And I was like, okay, great. That's awesome. But now I'm seeing that was more than just like informing me. Right. There was yeah. a destiny in it. There was calling in it. There was purpose in that. It comes from abiding, abiding in God, abiding in Christ. You see Jesus. He's constantly abiding in the Father, right? And in there is where he finds out who he is, what he's supposed to do. Remember, if, you know, if it be thy will, let this cup pass from me. And then he finds out from the Lord, no, it's his will to go through with it. He fulfills his calling when he was abiding in that. Yeah, Probably yeah. could say so many more uh, moments. John the Baptist, what did he do? John the Baptist has this great destiny and this great calling, but to everybody else, he's just a weirdo out in the desert, right? He's abiding in God. He goes out to the desert. He's eating locusts and honey. All of a sudden, he starts preaching. He finds his calling and his destiny by going out there and spending time with God, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, David, where does he find his calling? While he's worshiping the Lord, tending sheep. Mm -hmm. While he's in the caves, while he's in the wilderness, he's abiding with God. And in those places, in those places, he finds his calling and his destiny. The Apostle Paul, he he gets away and spends time in the Word. If you want to abide in Christ, there's there's basically four things three things to do, and the fourth one is involving all three of those, but in a different uh, scenario. It's spirit-led worship, spirit-led word, and spirit-led prayer. Those are the the pieces of abiding and intimate fellowship with God, spirit-led word, worship, and prayer. And the fourth part is you do all of those things corporately. So it's corporate uh, intimacy. Mm -hmm. So you have personal intimacy, and then you do those three things in corporate intimacy. Yeah. intimacy in, in a body of Christ. And as you abide in Christ in those areas, the Lord will develop and identify what your calling and your destiny is. Amen. Yeah. Oh, glory to God. Well, true, like, <laughs> as you were talking, what was coming up to me is a lot of those times in my experience in those services, you know, when you're in a corporate fellowship, a corporate intimacy with God, a lot of times those come toward the end, yes. like a lot yeah. of time. And why is that? It's because you're coming to the end of your flesh, yep. like your flesh is sat there and it's eroded mm. away. And then all of a sudden there's nothing left to distract. You're there. And that's when yeah. the Lord can talk yes. because Jeremiah yeah. 29, 13 says that if you seek me, you will find me if you search for me with all your heart. Yeah. And yeah. so we can hear a message like that and, and, get to a point where abiding is a checkpoint. Okay, I did my abiding with God today. I prayed today. I read the word today, and I'm singing to him today. Cool, I did all those. I'm abiding. 
But abiding is seeking him first yeah. and just yeah. being with him. You know, some of my best moments with the Lord have just been nothing was happening. I was just praying in the spirit. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not yeah. thinking. I'm not planning. I'm not trying to think through what am I supposed to pray. I'm just eyes closed and praying in the spirit. Yes. And then all of a sudden, because there was no other distraction, God came. Yeah. yeah. And I heard his voice and I was with him. And it that's the place of abiding. Yes. When you get to the end of yourself, yeah. get to yeah. the end of your flesh, and all that's left is him. That's yes. how I got filled with the spirit. As I was singing in Eng English, I had no idea how to pray in tongues, wanted to. And I'm like, God, you're so good. I don't have any more words to tell yeah. you how good yeah. you are, but yeah. I want to keep telling you. And all of a sudden they just started coming because yes. yeah. I was yeah. abiding. And when I reached the end of me, he could then begin in yeah. that way. Amen. Mm -hmm. uh, I think a huge key to all of it is trusting in him. Yeah. As we trust in him, we are able to let go of what we think we should do with our lives, yeah. what we think it should look like, when we think it should look like that, um, who we want around us, all these things that we can try to plan out on our own. Right. Ultimately, none of that matters without him. Yeah. But we can't submit to him if we don't trust him. Yeah. yeah. And one thing that I've said here before, and I'll say it again just because it's so true, is as I've trusted him and built my relationship with him, I like I didn't even know how this would work totally, but I found out through just spending time, through trying to find out what he liked, yeah. who he was, who like what his personality was like, who God was, so we could be have a closer relationship. He showed me more things about myself that I didn't even know. Right. Showed me like parts of my personality I had, I was like, this feels so natural, but I've never acted like this before. Right. And he's like shown me things that I just enjoy to do. Shown yeah. me things and told me to do things that I didn't want to do. And I ended up loving it. Yeah. And I thought yeah. I hated it. Yeah. And stuff like that. And it, it all came from trusting him yeah. and having faith in him and then just seeking after him. As I didn't try to seek after my own Correct. Destiny, yeah. my own, all of this. I'm gonna, I'm going to uh, make my personality the best. I'm going to build up my destiny. As I just sought after Him, yeah. He put all that in place. Yeah. I, as I just wanted a better relationship with Him, He put all that. Uh, he told me what I needed to know and just fixed everything else. Yeah. And it's all, it all comes down to just loving Him. Well, of course, the you know the verse Acts seventeen twenty eight. In him, we live and move and have our being. Yeah. We know that that word there, according when you combine it with John 10, 10, when he wants us to live and he wants us to live in the fullness and in, in the overflow. Yeah. So when he says in him, we live and we move and we have our being, he's saying, you think about this, how can I fulfill my destiny if I'm not living the fullness of the life that God's given me? Yeah. So in that one statement, you can see that your destiny is wrapped up by abiding in him. Mm -hmm. Your calling, your purpose is all wrapped up in abiding in him. In him, I have life to the full till it overflows. In him, my destiny is fulfilled. Uh, in him, I move towards that destiny. Yeah. In him, my destiny comes into being. So it, it, 
that abiding is such a critical key to fulfilling our destiny, not the work that we do alone. Yeah. The, the work that we do should also flow out of the abiding. I shouldn't be doing work that he hasn't spoken to me to do by that I received while abiding in him. In other words, I constantly need to abide in him to find out the work that I am to do. Yeah. And so a lot of people just go out and do work, and God's not in it. And you know, 1 Corinthians 13, 3, we can do all these things but not have love, and it profits us nothing. I love, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. So I need to hear, I need to hear so I can be obedient. If I'm willing and obedient, I'll eat the good of the land. I'll eat the goodness of my destiny if I'm willing and obedient. But in order to be willing and obedient, I've got to hear. And where does the hearing come from? In abiding. Mm -hmm. And so when we're finding and fulfilling our destiny and, and fulfilling the details of what we're called to do, we have to be planted, we have mm-hmm. to be covered, and we have to abide. We yeah. have to abide in him. We have to be planted, we have to be covered, and we have to abide. And as we do that, the details of our calling and destiny will be uh, made manifest to us, they'll be revealed to us, and then we'll also in that be empowered to get those things done. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's what we want for every person is that you stand in front of God and, and God says, oh, you fulfilled your destiny. Well done, good and faithful servant. That's what we're after, right? I want to I wanna be standing there watching all of y'all like, oh, glory to God. You know, I want to yeah. watch all of that and see every person get that report at the judgment seat of Christ. And then the Lord hands you these awards yeah. for eternity. That's why we're going through the series. Now, tomorrow, because we still haven't gotten through all of our notes, but tomorrow what we're going to look at is how do I know uh, when the release moment is there to step in? How do I know what that looks like? What, when do I go? In other words, I see these things, I see these things, I'm revved up, I'm charged up, okay, now go. Because many people miss that moment and they mess it up. They, yeah. they at least yeah. cause a hurdle to come into their destiny because they don't understand timing. They don't understand the timing of God. There is, put this in the comments, there is a timing to your destiny. There's a timing of God. And, uh, but then also, what is it that takes it to finish it out? All right, all right, now we we have it filled out. We know what we're doing, but now we've got to finish it. There's an ingredient there that has to happen. And we're going to talk about that one ingredient that is absolutely necessary uh, to fulfill your destiny, to yeah. finish it out, and the timing. So look forward to that tomorrow. It's going to be awesome. And uh, do y'all have anything else before we wrap it up? No, sir. Amen. No, it's just it's just blessed me a lot. The Lord's been talking to me about this, about just not getting weary and well-doing yeah. a lot recently. And so it, I've just been meditating on it. He's bringing it up. It's not It's not just for me, I yeah. know, which yeah. is so cool. Yes, amen. Yeah. Glory to God. Well, listen, we love you so very much. I just want to pray for you, and then Marky is going to do the offering. But Lord, right now, I ask you, Father, that you will start revealing the place where they should be planted, the covering that they should submit to, the absolute need for abiding in you, Jesus. And Lord, start to reveal that destiny plan so they can see it and walk it out 
hear from you and be obedient and do what you've called them to do and then stand in front of you, Jesus, and hear you say, well done, good and faithful servant. Lord, let it be so to every person that's here in this, to myself and every other person, in Jesus' name, amen. 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 Chair of the broadcast, and uh, we love you so very much. Here's Marky, and uh, have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. Here she is. Hey, guys, we just want to give you an opportunity to give in this offering right now. There are a couple of reasons why we do it every single day, and they're based off of the Word. I wanted to share with you just a couple of things that is just very encouraging. You know, Deuteronomy 8.18 says that God has given us the power to create wealth. So we want to give you the opportunity today, if the Lord is leading you, to give. Because the Bible says to give, and it will be given back to you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. So we don't want to take a moment where we're not, we're not letting you to be able to sow. And also part of our calling is to fund the ministry, is to advance the gospel. So if there's no compulsion, just like the Bible also says, he does not want you to give under compulsion. But if the Holy Spirit is leading you, to sow into this today, to advance the gospel, and to to put seed in the ground to receive a harvest, then we want to give you that opportunity, and we also want to agree with you in faith, without doubting, for you to receive your harvest of the seed that you sow today. So here are the ways that you can give. You can go to giveww.org. You can give on PayPal, text, cryptocurrency, and Cash App and Venmo, I think, is the other one that we, uh, we have set up for you. Um, so many different ways to give. And if you just like using a QR code and you have a secondary device that you can scan, that would definitely be my favorite way to do it because QR codes are just fun. But anyway, if the Lord is leading you to give, we want to bless that with you, agreeing in faith that God is not a man that he should lie but what you sow, you will receive. So let's pray right now and agree for your harvest. Agree that it is blessed. Thank you, Father, for every seed that is sown today in obedience. Thank you for your Holy Spirit guiding your people right now on how much to give, what to give, because, Lord, you give seed to the sower. Thank you. Every person that has a desire to sow today, Thank you, Lord, that you give them that seed to to give, to sow, because you are faithful. Thank you, Lord, you are leading us in triumph even right now. And thank you, Lord, that December will be the most blessed month for your people. December will not be a month where your people go back financially, but they will advance financially because, again, you are not a man that you should lie. You are faithful to your word, and as your people sow, they will receive. We bless every single seed today in Jesus' name. Let it be blessed, running over, shaken together, overflowing, men pouring into their lap, into their wallets financially. In Jesus' name, amen.